The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. An empty set, fourth down and goal. And Howard has it, chase to the right, looking, he goes down! This game is over! Texas has held! Down goes Will Howard, and down goes Kansas State! The Longhorns winning in overtime! There's the snap, and the kick, and it looks like it's short, let's see, it is no good! No good! The Rebels win it in anyway! Wrap it up and get out of here! Well, hand off Sonchuk over the right side, has a hole 40, down the sidelines, midfield, it's a race, Sonchuk 35-30, picking him up, putting him down, he's going to the end zone, touchdown, Gavin Sonchuk with the longest run of the year for Oklahoma, 64 yards. Bowman takes the ball, it's a quarterback draw, Bowman, cuts right to the 10, inside the 5, headed toward the end zone, is he in? He's in, pistols firing, touchdown Oklahoma State. Handoff Tawi over the right side, 20, 15 to the 10, he's to the 5, stiff arm, pay dirt, Tawi Walker, and for the first time today, the Sooners lead Bethlehem. Gabriel gets the ball, rolls out right, throws far side, the pass is incomplete, no scoops, caught it, he's tackled at the 49-yard line, the defense holds with a minute one to play, he might just be able to run it out, baby. And the Cowboys have taken a Cowboy boot and given the Sooners a swift kick in the side to send them away to their new home. It's the best day ever. Oklahoma State 27, Oklahoma 24. The students are storming the field. What in the world is this? 7.05, hour two, T-Row in the morning show. Monday, November 6th. Toby and TJ back with you. All right, big day. Um, opening day college basketball today. Double header for the Sooner women and men in the Lloyd Noble Center. Both games on ESPN+. Plus. Women at noon against Wichita State. We'll have it on Sooner Radio for you today. Men at 7 against Central Michigan. The Chippewas in town tonight. We'll have that broadcast. Uh, Kevin Henry joins me beginning with a pregame show at 6.30 tonight. Do you know who was on the TV broadcast tonight, TJ? The... Sooner Sports Network ESPN Plus TV broadcast tonight. Who was that? Features Chad McKee on play-by-play, Doug Gottlieb on color. What? Yeah. Are you being serious right now? Yes. Yeah. I know. How's that even happen? I think, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do know, but. We got other things to talk about. <laughs> like Carlos Boozer's beard. No, I don't go know ahead. What that means. Go ahead. I don't know what that means. Uh, tonight, Thunder back in action 
at home, Paycom, 7 o'clock. Did you see the end of their game on Friday, by the way? They got absolutely robbed against Golden State. I did not, no. Too busy celebrating a championship. Too busy celebrating a championship on the way home from the parade, yeah. gosh. So, Draymond Green continues to be the most annoying person on the planet. (laughs) Great basketball game. No SGA. Both teams shot the ball at an incredible. I think I don't have the final score in front of me. It was like 137, 135, something like that. Anyway, uh, Thunder tie it up. Golden State has the final possession. Uh, Steph Curry fakes a three, drives, makes like a running shot at the buzzer, and it banks off the glass and rattles around on the rim and goes in. And uh, uh, Draymond's hand hits the rim. While the ball's in the cylinder, he like slaps the rim. And uh, they go to review, and it takes forever. Like the Thunder TV guys are like, why is this taking? Obviously, this is offensive goaltending. What, what are we even talking about here? And it takes forever. And then they come out and say, you know, in our opinion, his hand hitting the rim didn't have anything with the ball going in, so we're counting the basket. And like, wait, huh? Even the Even the Warriors were stunned. They were like, huh? We won? Everybody's planning for overtime because it was an obvious goal tip. Obviously, dinner reservation somewhere. That was just the beginning of the weekend. Uh, My relationship, most of our relationship with the Stripes, beginning of the weekend with that call, so should have known. Okay, Teej, 27-24 Cowboys in Bedlam. Go. Um, Go. Go. Not the outcome that you wanted. You and I sat there and talked about the things that they did. You know, if they do this, they do this, so you wins that game. One of them, obviously, or most of it, centered around Ollie Gordon. And I said, if you hold him to 125, 150, you're winning that game. You go, I might even give him 175, and you still win that game. Well, they did that. and um, 137. 137 is what he ended up with. Averaged about four yards carries. a carry. Yeah. Yep. Had the one big run. and. Um, that was it. You pretty much contained him for the whole day. If you would have told me that uh, Gavin Sawchuck had 111 yards rushing and Drake Stoops had uh, over 130 yards receiving and Dylan had thrown for 344 yards and you had held him to 137, I said, man, uh, OU wins that game by two-plus scores. Easy. Yeah, yeah. And just a mess all day long from the, you know, we some of the textures have hit on it today. The... Bad snaps that kind of just get you out of rhythm and kind of, you know, set a bad tone for the entire rest of the day. It just kind of things just didn't go right. It just didn't feel right on offense the whole day. You had your opportunities, you know, in stretches of that game there with the defense was playing well. Got six straight stops, you know, three at the end of the first half, three to start the second half, and you just couldn't capitalize on it. You couldn't do anything with it offensively. The offense just seems to be flat right now. That just, and I don't know how to fix it. I, you know, I know most people are saying that you fix it by getting rid of Jeff Levy. I don't know that that's the answer. Um, they just don't seem to be working well together as a whole unit, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, Andrew Anthony being gone in certain situations in the running back room with with injuries and everything. Uh, I know that plays a part in it. Same on the defensive side of the ball with, you know, the several guys that are out over there and especially Danny Stutzman. So it just seemed like a day where they were just out of rhythm all day and it's now kind of bled in 
from the last couple of weeks and keeps building, and they just haven't looked good since the Texas game. Um, you can't have the penalties that they've uh, been committing over the last couple of weeks, especially from the sideline. You can't have those piled on top of each other and giving teams 30 yards and helping create momentum for other teams. Um, and then you pile all that on top of not getting certain calls in that game that you probably should have gotten. And it just ended up in a disastrous day all the way around. And offensively, I don't know that they have the elite playmakers that you're just used to having around here. I don't know if they have that dude at receiver or that dude at running back that, you know, you can expect big things out of. Yeah, you've got a lot of guys over there that are really good that have had big plays throughout the year that have done nice things. But I don't know if you have that C.D. Lamb or that mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood Brown or Marvin Mims, those dudes that you know, I'm going to put this ball up, they're going to make a play, and they're going to make something happen. I don't know if you have those guys. So, mm-hmm. And people are used to that around here. So yeah. it was just a bad day all the way around. Like I said, you look at the stats, you look at what they ended up doing, and I never mentioned Alan Bowman and all that. And he had a great day. And like you said, especially early on in that game, he was doing anything and everything that he wanted to. He ran the ball well at times when uh, nothing was there to throw to and had the big run. So um, I say big run. I think it was, what, 15 yards or something like that? Yeah, 13-yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he played extremely well, especially early in that game and and helped build up momentum for him. And then, like I said, you you make a lot of mistakes – the bad snaps were just killers, yeah. man. They were just killers. So, just just sloppy. Sloppy, undisciplined football. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I mean, I agree with what you said. Uh, the, the I think you say it was a bad day all around. I would say it's a bad result because I think the defense played well. The, the defense played well at times. Like I said, they got they get you that many stops in a row. You take advantage of that, and they couldn't, so... I think they did a great job on Ollie Gordon. Mm-hmm. He got, uh, he had a two runs where he got out a twenty and a thirty-five, and other than those two, well, even with those two, he only averaged four yards a carry. I mean, he had thirty-three attempts to go one thirty-seven, and you know, two fourth and half a yards, they stopped him on back to back. They came up with the interception in, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Billy Bowman on the trick play that they tried to run. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't perfect, obviously, because they gave up a 97 yard touchdown drive there in the fourth quarter to lose the game. That was helped out tremendously by three penalties, three massive penalties, a couple of which are controversial. So, not perfect, but all in all, I think the defense, you know, 27 points for OSU, 10 of them off turnovers. So that's it. That that should be good enough to win the game, the way the defense played. Yeah, should have been. And the offense kind of the last two weeks has been the last three weeks has been the same story, which is move the ball. Well, Kansas wasn't this story, but last uh, Saturday anyway, move the ball. Looked really good at times. Got the running game going for a bit. You know, that uh, really, I mean, they outran OSU. Mm-hmm. They had more yards than OSU. They had more yards per carry than OSU. Sawchuck looked as good as he has all year. Tawi was just a gutsy effort. Right. Um, 
Drake had a monster day through the air. Uh, Dylan's, you know, through for 344. So those are all good numbers. But in critical moments, either a turnover, a bad snap, an incompletion, a drop. It's a touchdown. Nick Anderson's Nick got Anderson. a touchdown. Yeah, he's got the touchdown. That's not Jeff Levy's fault. That's a touchdown. It's a. It's not Dylan Gabriel's fault. It's a touchdown. And so they kind of spread it around. Like there was Dylan did underthrow some deep ones. Uh, everybody, you know, at some point on the offense took turns either lining up offsides or a costly false start or yeah, all the penalties on receivers over the last two or three weeks. Yeah, just, those are just killers. So getting in their own way on offense is is mm-hmm. right and. Well, I don't. I don't know why it, it, it corresponds with Andrell Anthony leaving the lineup. Maybe it was a little bit like that before because the Cincinnati game in particular was a little hit and miss offensively, but the defense was so good they won it fairly easily. So it's kind of been really all season long. I mean, you look at you look at the offensive stats, okay? And I talked about this last week. They're top 10 in the country in scoring total offense and first downs. They're top five in the country in first downs. They're top 10 in passing, rushing top 40, as bad as it's been, as much as we complained about it. They're number 39 in the country in rushing. Uh, The stats are not terrible. You know, you look at what we were just talking about with Alex Grinch. You know, he just got fired. The USC is dead last or next to last in the country among Power 5 teams in total defense and scoring defense. That's abysmal. The offensive stats have not been bad this year. They've moved the ball. Dylan's had a big year, so forth and so on. But in key moments, late in games the last two weeks, in your own territory in the fourth quarter, a bad snap gives them the ball at the 20-yard line, back-breaking penalties, uh, all of those have added up to them shooting themselves in the foot, TJ which you probably don't know this, but this goes back to early wartime. <laughs> That's right. When soldiers would elect to shoot themselves in their own foot to keep from having to go into battle. Thank you. Thank you for that You're lesson. welcome. You're welcome. Um, so absolutely, well, let me say uh, three things, and then we'll go to break. One, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma on Saturday night. Their offense could have been a little bit better they win that game they gave them uh, 10 points off turnovers they drop a touchdown pass they miss a field goal made countless other mistakes that could have made this a comfortable victory for the Sooners two Mike Gundy and his coaching staff deserve a ton of credit they've been incredible since early in the season when we incredible dead yeah best coaching job of Mike Gundy's career I'm not in the habit of praising Oklahoma State on this station But give him credit. That team was awful early in the season. Like, dead last Big 12 awful. And they are now the front runner to play for the Big 12 championship game. A remarkable job that he has done. And three, I waited till last because I'm not blaming the game on this. But the officiating on Saturday night was abysmal. Abysmal. Terrible awful, embarrassing, and not blaming the game on it, but it has to be pointed out. Has Oklahoma State gotten some calls in the past? Of course they have. 
Of course they have. I mean, have they had some calls go against them in the past? Yes, it happens every year. Somebody got a good call. Somebody got a bad call. You cannot watch that game Saturday night and that non-call on Drake Stoops that would have given them first and goal in the two. And I don't know if OU wins. I don't know. if they Even if they punch it in there, OSU would have had four some minutes to go and they would have been sure, absolutely. down uh down what one i think OU was down. yeah OU was down six at the time so they yeah, had four yeah. minutes down one field goal wins it cowboys still might win the game but that was a terrible call among others that were highly questionable as well so we got to get out of this league they hate us teach they absolutely hate us so not that we're going to be welcome necessarily in the SEC. I'm sure we're going to be picked <laughs> on they got to roll out the red carpet. Uh, the officials going to roll out the red carpet for OU in Texas next year. I have gone from a ah come on to a there's just too much evidence to show otherwise that it's just I don't know. It's laughable at this point what has happened out there. Seven twenty. Your thoughts when we come back. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. Hightower Clinical brings you this hour, bringing trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance needed to participate. Medication provided for free, and patients are compensated for their time. Several area locations. Ardmore, you're about to get a location with Hightower Clinical soon. Check them out online, HightowerClinical.com, or call or text 405-831-5905. Kent, hold on. A couple of texts, and then we'll uh, get to Kent. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line in less than two season Oklahoma has lost to every Big 12 team except Iowa State and the four AAC teams starting uh, 9-0 and in 21 OU is 15-11 and those stats are the ones that matter a lot of losing there all right um, let's I don't know what here. the point of that is but thank you for pointing out the records they just the mean uh, yeah too much losing for Oklahoma is what I think they were getting Bold around statement to yeah. thank you uh, great job, TJ. Thank you. Wait, you I think they like this song I just played. I don't know. <laughs> Levy is the low-hanging fruit for OU fans. Does he have some questionable play calls and spots? Yes, but he doesn't underthrow a ball, false start, drop any passes, or miss blocks. We just need someone to blame, and he's been it. Let's get Kent in here. He's been hanging on for okay. a while, been patient with us. We'll hit some more texts in a second. Good morning, Kent. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, you know, opening day college basketball to, to season. OSU. Thank goodness I hadn't lived through too many of them, even though I'm 64. So That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, definitely disappointed in the game. I was, you know, there's some, I'm kind of disappointed in a couple of the late game decisions in Kansas and Oklahoma State by our head coach and his utilization of timeouts and kind of weighing, do we need five yards or do we need the timeout or calling a timeout and then kicking the field goal anyway when you could have kicked it and saved the timeout. And, you know, I don't know if that comes with experience. I would think that would be something a guy that's been in football as many years as Brent Venables has doesn't really need to kind of learn on the fly. But uh, I will I will tell you the explanation for that. This is not an uh, uh, excuse. I'm just going to tell you what happened there. That came directly after the Drake Stoops play in the end zone. And Brent was asking them if they're going to review it. 
and they were kind of they were looking at it in the booth to say whether to review or not. And so he was I mean, there was a thought there for a while because it was over there in the corner that maybe he actually caught the ball or he did catch right. it. But I mean, you know, whether he was in bounds. Are they going to look at this? Are we going to stop? Are we going to re- review? And so by the time he kind of got an answer, the clock had gotten away from him and the timeout was necessary to get the field goal off and or let him look at it longer and see if they want to review it. So, again, okay, okay. maybe that's yeah. not the right way to handle it, but that's what went down there. Well, let me ask you this on the officials. And, again, I hate to be a guy that blames the officials, and I'm not saying they caused us to lose a game. I think they were a tremendous influence in the game. But how do you see that? The, the same guy that called – you know, we had a couple where we kind of were hand-fighting with the guy, and when the ball got there, our guy got pushed in the back and separation was made. And the OSU receiver caught the ball, and then we were called for pass interference. How do you call those and then see a guy get tackled literally – five yards away from you and not see it the guy had to see it so he's either incompetent or he's cheating if he's if the officials are just being dishonest and not going to call it i meant is that a marching order they got from somebody or what's going on they just decided hey let's just not call anything on oklahoma anymore because they're leaving the conference he had to have seen it i don't i had to have seen it he was he was standing right there staring at him the whole time he didn't miss it or mistake it he saw it it's beyond my realm of comprehension that there could be any sort of an edict that came down to, you know, that that would have been, that's too big of a scandal, and there's too many people that would have to be involved for that kind of thing not to get out. But what has well, happened in the league the last two know, years to something. Oklahoma and Texas is remarkable. Remember last when Texas went to Stillwater last year, Texas got called for 15 penalties, and Oklahoma State was called for zero. That's yeah, true. Yeah. So you can argue, well, there's technically a hold on every play, so if they miss one. But it seems like the little nitpicky pass interference, and I'm not saying we did or didn't interfere with their guys. I just know when the ball got there, our guys got pushed in the back. There was separation. Their guy caught the ball, and they call it. And then when there's one that's completely obvious and blatant, nobody sees it. I think that's – I mean, I don't disagree with you. I wasn't mad at him. I I was like, I don't blame the guy. I'd be furious. I watched the whole thing. I watched him come out. The referee was running down the sidelines. Brent came off uh, the sidelines and, and motioned that he pushed off. He was, he was saying the offensive guy pushed off, and the ref grabbed his flag and flew it a mile, threw it a mile in the air. So I don't yeah, know if he had been warned already or what. To get back to the sideline. But, you know, it's just so disappointing to start the year off the way we did and then have it, you know, hopefully we can right the ship and win out and win a bowl game. And, you know, if this team gets to 11-2, and two, Despite where we may have thought we were a couple of weeks ago, you got to say it's pretty it's pretty positive. Yeah, that's right. Hey, thanks, and, Kent. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oklahoma, by the way, not out of the Big Twelve championship race. Very much. No, they have to have some it. things fall their way, but it's not completely shut yet. Not a lot. I mean, uh, there were five teams with one loss at the start of the day Saturday, and now there's two: OSU and Texas. And OU has the tiebreaker over Texas. So, if Texas loses one more game, then and Oklahoma wins out, then they're in the hunt. Now you you got to worry about multiple team tiebreakers there too. Remember, OU has the tiebreaker over Texas and Iowa State, and they have not played Kansas State. So if it is a, a three way tie or or more than that, then you tiebreakers become involved and it gets complicated. But 
I mean, Texas loses one of these last three games and OU wins out, there is a very real possibility that Oklahoma gets another shot at Oklahoma State and Arlington. The problem there is Texas losing one more game. Uh, They don't have the toughest schedule in the world, but it's not the easiest either. I think they go to Iowa State, uh, TCU on the road, and Texas Tech at home. Those are their last three games. So you need the Longhorns to trip up to give you a chance. Well, hopefully that's the case, and they almost did on uh, Saturday. Mm. How about K-State botching the end of that game, Botched the end of that Unbelievable comeback and then just completely botched the end of it. So they were right there. They could have had it. Um, so maybe, maybe. I don't know. They've they've been able to escape with, with yours down and been able to figure out a way to win these games. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, you're right. It, the door's not closed, and maybe you're I able can, to. I can feel the text messages coming in now. <laughs> we don't deserve to go to the Big 12 championship. Uh, no, people are asking about tiebreakers. It looks like mostly about don't we need Kansas to lose too, right? So I think that's the case. Yeah, you got to have Kansas lose as well. Well, maybe, maybe depending not. on the tiebreakers and what they end up being, right? Yeah, it would help if Kansas lost another game, but yeah, depending on the tiebreakers and everything, yes. Because Texas would have beat can like a three-way tie, for example. OU, Texas, Kansas. Kansas beat OU. OU beat Texas. Texas beat Kansas. So then it, you know, I think the next step is how did you do top of the league down kind of a thing. I don't know. Basketball and football are different. I get them confused sometimes. Give me one or two more texts. Uh, The door is closed, TJ. (laughs) On what? I guess the Big 12 championship game. Uh, It is closed on the studio. Yes, both of them are. Yeah, I've got two doors here. They're both closed. Please make Toby stop. Here they come. (laughs) Stop what? Uh, Giving any hope of a Big 12 championship game appearance, I think. All right. There is no hope. Even though mathematically there is hope, I will tell you what you want to hear. There is no hope of this team ever winning another game or going anywhere of value this season. There is a meeting this morning on campus to decide whether or not to cancel the rest of the year and fire everyone. Is that what they want to hear? I think that's what they want to hear, okay. yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Jeff from OKC, whose choice was it not to have Bedlam anymore, OU or OSU? Well, I, I, I mean, OU is leaving the conference, so I guess you could blame it on them. The uh, conversation since has been that OU would love to continue the series and OSU has no interest in it, so I think both sides are to blame. 734, quick timeout. We'll continue to re- receive your thoughts. Don't forget, Porter Moser coming up live 815 this morning. His team opens the 2023-24 season today. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. All right, we do have Rudy's shows tonight, by the way. It's a busy, busy night in Soonerland. Rudy's show 6 and 7. Chris Plank will sit in for me tonight for the Huddle and the Brent Vittable show, along with uh, Gabe Eichert, Caleb Kelly, and, of course, Teddy Lehman. Season opener at the LNC tonight for the Sooner Men. Kevin Henry joins me for the call of that one. Can't wait. I cannot wait to see what this team looks like against an opponent. Very excited 
from what I saw uh, uh, in the scrimmage. I have learned, DJ, and I think it's okay if I say this. I'll ask for forgiveness if it's not. But you know how they always have those secret scrimmages? Yes. They actually had two of them this year. Uh, one was against Mississippi State. One was against Vanderbilt. So a couple of future SEC foes. Of course, Jerry Stackhouse, the coach at, at Vanderbilt now. And while you don't keep stats and you don't keep score and all that kind of stuff, I heard it went. I heard it went well. I think they played one of them in Vegas and one of them in Atlanta. So we'll see. Starting tonight, Central Michigan did not have a good team last year. They are in the MAC, and um, but they've had a ton of transfers, just like OU has. So it's really hard to know how good anybody is. Remember, OU lost. It was a season opener last year, right, Teej, that they lost? Was it the opener or the second game? I think you're right. It may have been the opener. It was early. Yeah. I think it was the season opener, but um, I've got it right here, I'm sure. I, I was going to say I have it right here, too. I had the schedule yeah, for this year open. I'm busy enough trying it to entertain It was America second game, yeah. They beat okay. – uh, well, no, that was an exhibition. Oklahoma City was exhibition, so it was the season opener against Sam Houston, yeah. So, so yeah, you don't, don't, don't let that happen. Like, no. Four games out of the blocks here that they should win, and uh, and then it gets tougher. So take care of business these first four. Start to figure out who's a starter, who comes off the bench, who you know, who do you try to give it to in late game situations, you know, how this team's gonna operate. And then uh Thanksgiving time, they're gonna meet some tougher competition. They get Iowa on Thanksgiving Day. And then either Seton Hall or USC the day after Thanksgiving. And uh I don't I don't know if he's playing or not, TJ uh, I assume he's back. I don't know if, if Bron Braun is Remember he had that incident, Bronny, uh, in uh, the summer, right, where he collapsed. Oh, collapsed. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, he's with USC. I haven't heard any updates since you brought since you mentioned that. Since then. I assume he's back and practicing. I would assume so. Yeah, plans on playing. So they might they might see Bronny out uh, the day after Thanksgiving, depending on who wins and loses those first games. Okay, let's get back to uh, what people are saying out there, Teach. So uh, just keep firing text messages and phone calls at me here. 27-24 Cowboys win Bedlam on Saturday. Could there be a class action lawsuit filed by Texas and Oklahoma if it ever came out that the evidence is there that the Big 12 was hosing sure. the two schools? Of course. <laughs> it would be Man. one of the biggest scandals in sports oh, it history. Would be, it would be massive. Massive. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, not calling a timeout before halftime was pretty telling. Showed complete lack of faith in the offense and game awareness to allow OSU a Hail Mary play. That was absolutely embarrassing. There's been, uh, each of the last two weeks, it was curious right before halftime. There would have been, help me remember here, Teach. I believe there was like 40 seconds or so, 35, 40 seconds or so when the play ended. And uh, if you call a timeout there, you know, you get the ball back with 30 seconds 30 or yeah. less. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ambitious to think you can go 80 yards. But maybe you block a punt, maybe you return a kick, maybe, right? Certainly in the past we have seen OU offenses say, we don't care how much time's left, we're going to go for it. The, the week before, I think they got the ball with like 50 seconds at their own 20 and just kind of took a knee, maybe ran a play and took a knee and went to the locker room. So each of the last two weeks before half, they've decided not to be uh, aggressive at the end of the half. 
the Hail Mary thing, like allowing OSU a Hail Mary, I suppose that could have gone wrong. It was like a monster throw. Teddy actually brought up on the broadcast, like, OSU's more at a risk of getting uh, Alan Bowman obliterated and injured here than they really are of scoring a point. But it's still, they get they had a chance at something. They had a chance at a miracle. So uh, the before half lack of, of gumption, uh, it has been surprising the last couple of weeks. I agree. Rewatch Bedlam this morning. Mike Gundy went out onto the field six times without being penalized. FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person just wants to know when they're firing Jeff Levy. Do you have well, the time on that? Let's talk about it. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't think the, a change will be made the, in, in uh, season right here. But I do think that they're... I do think it's been a rough year for Jeff Levy. Um, the way the last few weeks have played out, the whole Art Briles situation. Um, so we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But I didn't. I don't think there will be an Alex Grinch-type firing midseason. I, I think it would come after the year's done. Is it warranted after the year? <sighs> Let me I'm see sure how the rest of, of the year plays out, on, but yeah. I'll say perhaps, yeah. It's, it's, it's starting to get on the verge of, a yes for me. So we'll see. I just think they've well, been out of sync a lot this year. And and I know you give the stats with the top 10 offense. I wonder what that would be, though, if you remove um, it would be worse. the Can non-conference games. Can I also remove games. all the cupcakes that everybody oh, else I know. I get plays? that. Yeah, no, I get that. It's no I'm just different. saying. I'm well, just then, saying that, I mean, people kept bringing that up. It's no different. You want me to run down the list of who all of the other – they Power all play cupcakes as well. Okay, they all play then, cupcakes as well. Well, then quit saying we played this team and that team. I mean, the stats I'm, would be virtually the same. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody out there. Like, have you seen Ohio State's non-con? Have you seen Georgia's non-con? Have you seen oh, a lot of the SEC non-con? teams with who have they you played seen, this Michigan week. Michigan hasn't played a single team yet in the country. So quit saying, well, oh, you played two easy teams off the top. Of course they did. So did everybody else in the country. <laughs> so, But, no, I do think – it will be probably something that's discussed at year's end. I just don't. I think the relationship got strained a little bit with the Bryle stuff between Brent and Brent, Jeff. Jeff, the administration, everybody. I yeah. think so. And I think there's just been an uncomfortable relationship there for you know the last month, month and a half, whatever it's been. So yeah, that uh, didn't help. Did no, it? it didn't help. Uh, piled on to what you've seen the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, this says, I want to stay. Uh, this is from Pastor Andy. I want to state up front that I do not think that Jeff Levy should be fired yet. But hearing all this, talk about him needing to go, maybe question who we get the next time if it happens. So hear me out on this. With USC firing Grinch and surely others will go, what about Cliff Kingsbury? I, I don't think that. I'm guessing here, but my guess is if and when Brent Venables decides to, you know, has to or decides to hire another offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. either because he's been fired or left on his own accord, and maybe it's at the end of this year, maybe it's seven years from now. But if and when that point comes, I think he won't hire a – Somebody who goes fast and somebody who, like an air raid guy. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think he would. I don't think he 
would hire another air raid offense disciple, which obviously Cliff Kingsbury is that. I think just a guess, but more of a traditional offense that would help out what he's doing defensively might be preferred there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think, will be a coordinator anywhere next year. I think this year he kind of jumped in there to help out, kind of work with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, and he was still collect- he's still collecting checks. I think if he does anything, it'll be a head coach. There'll be someone that wants him as their head coach out there. So I would be shocked if he took a coordinator job somewhere. One more uh, text. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this goes back to what you were just saying. Get back to smash mouth football, not this hurry up crap. Okay. <laughs> 7.48, quick timeout. We'll continue taking uh, your thoughts, questions, phone calls, text messages today, 405-651-3439. Porter Moser coming up less than half an hour back after this. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. He's Toby. I'm TJ. It is the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour is brought to you by Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. Several areas of study that they uh, work in with colitis, Crohn's disease, different cancers, dermatitis. Um, If you would like to see... Uh, if you would uh, uh, fit one it. of their clinical trials, right. yeah, go ahead. Go online, HightowerClinical.com, 405-831-5905. Can we, we quickly update everyone on the story of the day in case they joined us late, weren't with us in the first hour? Yeah, um, what's the story uh, of the day? TJ's nose infection is much better. <laughs> he, went to see, uh, uh, he went to see a clinic over the weekend. The person, the doctor was scared of him and wrote him prescription. I'm- Pretty from across sure the, the room. doctor may have been on his own prescription too. I'm pretty yeah. sure of that. Yeah, but it's looking better, right, Teach? Uh, it's looking better. I am uh, trending the less, right direction. Less seepage today. No out of seepage your nose. the last couple okay, of days. It's just good. now the skin's just healing, basically. So yeah, All it's been right. good. Uh, Baylor Brad's on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. He says, I need you guys to help me understand why on the last fourth down did they throw to the short side of the field and run a route short of the line to game? It is the game. Who's responsible for that? I don't know. Uh, uh, Jeff said I, Drake Stoops ran short. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of the two. It's either a bad play design. You need five yards and you run a three-yard play or Drake didn't run it at the right depth. And I don't know you know, which that whole sequence is frustrating because they get it with just under two minutes to go. It's remarkably similar to the Texas, the Texas game, right? game. That's exactly what I thought of when it all played out. Yeah. Defense got you a huge stop there to get you the ball back. They kicked it into the end zone. OSU makes a mistake, kicks it into the end zone. You get it on the 20 field goal to tie touchdown to, uh, excuse me, touchdown to win. Frog got my throat. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It's questionable. And first pass is a big one. 22 yards, I believe, to Drake. And even that's kind of how the Texas series started, right? Mm -hmm. Big play, Drake over the middle. Exactly. You thought, here they go. Then you go deep for Nick, incomplete. Across the middle to Nick. uh, Pretty good throw, honestly. Wish he had caught that one, but it would have been a tough catch. He had to leap to get it, but it was catchable. Third down play is the real frustrating one because you throw a short pass to Farouk 
and he keeps churning and got about eight yards out of it. But they rule that he's down after a gain of five. They, they blew the whistles early, and they I don't know why. I have no idea why because the play is still moving. He's still churning, and by the time they got him down, he's up to the 49, but they mark him down back at the 46. And we pointed it out at the time on the broadcast, like that's a terrible spot. Why did they put the ball there? And then they end up two yards short, and Teddy goes, huh, imagine that. The three yards we should have got the play before end up mattering. So back to the question of Baylor Brad. I, I don't know. It obviously didn't work out, so it's a bad call. Um, but I don't know who's to blame there. Uh, this texter says, had Drake run the route at the right depth, it's a pick six, which he was covered well. I mean, perhaps. I mean, Un- uh, No way of knowing no, that. No way of no, knowing that. No way of yeah, knowing if yeah. the receiver undercuts that. Maybe if he does, Drake turns it up. Who knows? You never know. This one's been on here a lot today, and you may want to hit on it on the other side if you want to, but a lot of people basically along the lines of, okay, you've lost two games. How are you not going to play Jackson Arnold at this point? Good question. Yeah, let's talk about it next hour. That's what a a lot of people are asking here, or along those lines. Um, I, I think it's a valid question. I don't know how I feel about it, but I think it's a valid question, so let's touch on it when we come back. Porter Moser joining us live at 8.15 this morning. His team opens the season tonight in the Lloyd Noble Center against Central Michigan. Back after this.